Welcome to Story Station, Season 2, Episode 14. In this episode, you can listen to three Cuban stories. The first story is titled, The Fox and the Vejete. This story is about a sly fox who tries to trick his friend, the Vejete, or old man. Luckily, he fails miserably and meets a gruesome fate. The second story is titled, The Rusenor. This story, also known as the Nightingale, is about a fisherman whose curiosity gets the better of him and ends up facing unintended consequences. The third story is titled, Toa Toa the Mama Boys. This story is a continuation of the previous story and shows what happened when the father of men was grieving his friend. Hope you enjoy it! I will read a story called The Fox and the Vejete. A certain fox and a vejete, an old man, were very good friends. The man, as was known, was both a merry and scheming chap, but never a thief and one day said to the fox, Friend fox, here I have a bit of ground, and if you like, we will cultivate it in partnership. Why, yes, that would please me, answered the fox. Well, first it is necessary to plough before bad weather is upon us, said the vejete. So it is, agreed the fox, and you are wiser in these things than I. See to that while I attend the rest. A little later, the vejete came and said, Now it is necessary to sow. Will you go on with that while I run out to see everything else, answered the fox. Some months passed, and then the vejete said, Comrade, the grass is devouring the wheat. It is necessary to let in the stalk. So it is, assented the fox. You see to it, while I am doing other things. Another little time passed, and again the vejete came to the fox, saying, Comrade, the wheat is ready to harvest. It is necessary to mow it. This is certainly the time to do it, answered the fox. You attend to the matter, while I do all the rest. The vejete good-natured as he was, began to lose confidence in his partner, and related to a greyhound, a great friend of his, what had taken place. The greyhound, who was very clever, saw that the fox was about to play one of his tricks on the good old man, so he advised the vejete thus, Harvest the wheat yourself, put it upon the threshing floor, and hide me in one of the sheaves, covering me entirely, with the exception of one eye by which I can see what is happening in the place. The vejete did as he was told, and soon after all was arranged, the fox arrived. When the cunning fellow saw the threshing floor and the fine wheat already spread out, he was delighted and began to dance with glee, singing, Fine harvest fine, and the wheat and the straw are mine, mine, mine. 
and dancing he drew near to the sheaf where the greyhound was concealed. All at once he spied, among the straw, the one eye that was watching him. Then his tone changed to one of alarm as he cried, Do I see? Oh no, no. Yes, a thing that's not straw, shouted the greyhound as he sprang out of his sheaf, falling upon the fox. He speedily finished him. The end. I hope you liked this story. The next story begins in a moment. I will read a story called The Rusignor, or The Nightingale. Wakani was curious. He wanted to go with his friend, Bagognona, to visit the Cave of Souls. It was forbidden to visit these, and he knew this was so, yet he was determined to enter the mysterious caverns. The caves, Kazibahagwa and Amayana, were under the sea in the rock Kalta. In them were gathered the beings who were to become men and women and people on the earth. They were happy and content until some of them had been summoned into the world. Then they all wanted to go likewise. Hokani was a fisherman who dropped his nets in the sea near the caves, so he knew there were wonderful things to see in those grottos. Moreover, he was a friend of the Father of Souls, the great Vagognona, who, however, would never take the fisherman with him into the caves. But one day, he sent him to the seashore to get a particular kind of fish, and as Huakani pursued his work, he thought more than ever how he might visit the caves. Some of the grottos were great places. They stretched away, away under the mountains, and the gold that was the hills that lined them. And the pearls that were of the sea studded their walls and paved the ground. Huakani had always longed to see these splendid places, of which his friend had told him. So now, the daring fisherman determined to enter them. He dove into the sea and swam under the water, and found the gateway of the caves. He went in. The water was like river, flowing through high banks. He followed the banks. At last, he could climb upon a shore, always within the cave. Then, he caught a glimpse of the dazzling walls as the sunray pierced through the water. The next instant was all dark again, but at the same time he felt himself lifted and tossed high as he shot up out of the cave through a tiny rift in the rocks, on out into the air of the upper world. But he was no longer Hokani the fisherman. In form, he was a bird with soft plumage. He sought refuge in a tree that overhung the cave's invisible roof window. The bird did not utter a note. Then, but when the night had fallen and the pale moon was hanging in the sky, he began to sing. So sweet and so wonderful was his voice that the people came from far away to hear his song. Out in the sea, 
The fish ceased to swim and drew near to listen. All the creatures of the forest, beast and bird, left their lairs and nest to go closer to the sweet sounds. Although Bagognona had to punish his friend for his disobedience, he made him the tenderest singer in the world, the Rusignor, or the nightingale, that tries to tell in its plaintive notes of the dwelling place of waiting souls that no one has ever seen. The end. I hope you enjoyed this story. The next story begins in a moment. I will read a story called Toa Toa the Mama Boys. When the father of men was grieving at losing his friend Wakani, who had been changed into the nightingale because he had tried to discover the unborn souls of human beings, he vented his displeasure as unreasonable people have often done since then, on innocent folk. And he punished the men who lived in the caves that Wakani had tried to enter. The way in which he punished them was by taking out of the caves all the women and children. Now the women and children went out with him very willingly when they were invited, for they were always eager for pleasure and change and at first they enjoyed themselves. But presently, the father of men took the women and the babies and the girls up on a high mountain and left them there, where they couldn't get down alone. The boys he kept with, them, with him, making them run about wherever he went. He took them everywhere, telling them that they must do as he did if they were to become great men. This was unfortunate for the boys. Some of them were still very little fellows, and their short legs could not get over the ground as fast as their leader was able to with his great strides. Moreover, to do just as he did in all ways was not possible. Then, too, the great being whose business it was to populate the earth by ordering the men out of the caves at his pleasure could not trouble to think of all that little boys needed. So it fell out that the children he dragged about after him were often very sad and very tired and very hungry for many things. At last, they began to cry. Still striving to run after their great commander, they could not but grieve for their mother's arms and their mother's care, nor could they help sobbing or even calling up plaintively, Toa, Toa. In the Indian language of the land, Toa meant mother. The miserable little boys were weeping and weeping and calling for their mothers. This made the father of men angry, and he gave the boys a terrible look, but they did not see it. They were so unhappy that their eyes were full of tears, and their poor throats were so dry and achy, and they were so tired, roaming all over the world, that they could think of nothing but their misery, and their bro heart brokenly cried, Toa, Toa, Toa. Just at that moment, they came to a river bank, and on seeing the water, the father of men suddenly thought of a way to rid himself of the troublesome crying children. 
In with you, he cried, all you croakers, into the mud puddles, your proper place, and become frogs that shall forever be grunting and croaking. Toa, toa. And into the water tumbled the little boys, who, tired with all their leader, had expected of them, were glad enough to be left to themselves, especially in a place where they might drink their fill. They paddled about in the stream and to their heart's content, and never tried to go very far from it, crouching down always beneath some water-washed stone. Their legs gradually doubled up so that they could only stretch them out when they took a long leap. And after time, they walked no more, but went in great leaps, or a hop, skip, and a jump. By and by, they forgot all their life in the cave, or in roaming about with the father of men. And they never learned to talk, but they still know and repeat constantly the first baby call for their mother, and they say, over and over, in the same tone, in the soft, long-forgotten Indian syllable, Toa, Toa, Toa. The end. I hope you enjoyed this story. Thank you for listening to Story Station. We are adding stories as frequently as possible, so check back often. We would love to hear your feedback and any questions you may have. Thank you.